Ah, there you are. We've been waiting for you. If you've been struggling to get your personal fitness on track and keep it there, then you're in the perfect place. Because this guy is good. And I mean really good. You're listening to the Fitness Whisperer podcast, where you get simplified strategies and unique insights on exercise, nutrition, mindset, and life itself from best-selling author and progressive fitness innovator, Joey Atlas. He's been helping people achieve sustainable fitness success for over 30 years in ways that are realistic, doable, and super effective. And now he's helping you. So clear your mind and get ready for a powerful dose of health-improving, life-enhancing wisdom from the fitness whisperer himself, Joey Atlas. Thank you, Melissa, and thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you being here. Depending on when you're listening to this, if it's in real time as I publish it, it's been a long time, and I actually just checked my schedule, and it's been eight months since I recorded and published episode number 18 and that's too long so uh, it's been too long because I've had a lot going on been super busy lots of new things going on the sculpt of it home gyms being launched the membership platform going live uh, we have a corporate fitness workplace wellness initiative that has grown out of launching the private video and coaching platform and I've had an uptick in my personal, private, small group coaching, and my long distance one-on-one coaching. So life has been busy, but in the back of my mind, I have known and and have been missing doing this podcast because of all the things I've been wanting to share that are so valuable to so many people. And it just so happened that with this most recent small group coaching program, I've had a few students come through with some amazing personal breakthroughs. And in the last few days, one of them shared her breakthroughs with me and I realized okay this is this is this is material people need to hear and this needs to be shared and the way we're going to do this is with my next podcast episode because it needs to come back online again and people need to have access to this material so it is my pleasure to introduce Leanne Leanne can you hear me now <laughs> yes hello Joey yes I can hear you all right, awesome. So, thank you for being here, Leanne. This is a real pleasure to have you on. Uh, so, to give you some context, listening in, Leanne and I just spent—I don't know, Leanne, what, 15, 20 minutes getting the tech side of this worked out. Yes, <laughs> and you did great, by the way. Thank you. So, here we are. Technology is allowing us to communicate. You're in Denver, Colorado. I'm two hours ahead of you in Florida. And we get to just log onto the internet and record this kind of material that is going to live forever. And whether somebody listens to this in real time in a few days or 15 years from now, this material is timeless because as humans, we're never going to be able to hook wires up to us to take care of things that must happen to us at at an emotional, mental, and spiritual level. There's no way we're going to hook ourselves up to any kind of crazy machines that are going to make us fit, healthy, and strong, because this is part of the challenge of being able to live as a human being. We're given the opportunities and the gifts to take advantage of, and it's up to us as individuals to decide if we're going to have enough self-awareness and enough initiative to go do these things to give us the life that we want to live. 
not a machine, not a wire, not a battery, not a pill, none of that stuff. So my point is, no matter what technological advances come our way in the next 10, 20, 50 years, we're still going to have to be a human being and we're still going to have to take care of ourselves at the most basic levels when it comes to our own personal health and wellness. So what we're recording here today is going to touch lives forever, Leanne. Are you ready to share some good stuff with us? I am. All right. So let's give these, let's give our listeners some context. And actually, you're going to give me some insights here. Um, I, you joined the small group coaching program. We're about six weeks in now in this recent program that I launched. Um, how, how did you come into my world? Take me back to how you discovered me, what you were doing before that. How did you, how did you enter my realm? Um, well, I actually think it had something to do with your, I don't know exactly how I came across it, but it had something to do with uh, eliminating cellulite, um, I, which I have an interest in, and I've always sort of hated parts of my body. Um, and I didn't, I have to admit, I didn't stick to that program very, uh, very well. How long ago was that? Uh, I think it might have been a couple years. I was also working full time at the time. Um, and since then I have retired and I have more time. I actually have time sort of for the first time to take care of myself. My job has always had me taking care of other people. And let's talk about that job real quick. Let's so that people have more context, uh, as to your education, your background, and I think it'll help this interview. Um, I am a physician. Um, I, uh, practiced in the field of anesthesiology um, I was on call uh, a lot, um, sometimes working 24-hour shifts in a level one trauma center where we'd actually work for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, everyone came before me, before my own health, my own happiness, my family, my anything, my you know any social thing I had to do. Um, work came before that. So it left me very little time to uh, take care of myself. And as I have come into retirement, um, I feel like it's time to to take care of me now. And part of that has to do with uh, you know eating better, sleeping better, um, exercising more, all of those things <clears throat> that I hadn't really been doing on a any kind of a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so. That's kind of how this started. And then I, I'm not sure, I, you know, I sort of was getting, um, I was getting emails from you right. over through this time in between. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came across uh, an email from you about uh, the small group coaching, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I think it's time to lose those 25 pounds that I've added on with menopause and, um, just aging, all of those kinds of things. And, and, both, um, and overworking. And overworking. And just decided, okay, this is it. And sort of spontaneously signed up. <laughs> right. Okay. So so the, the, the small group scenario coaching appealed to you yes. uh, at timing-wise. Um, yes. So this is, this is, that's a great intro, by the way. Thank you. It helps give some good context to the person listening to this. It doesn't matter if they're male, female, what age range they're in, because the insights we're going to share now are really important. So we're, we're six weeks in, give or take. And uh, the way this works is 
you're you're communicating with me via daily email check-in, uh, which is what I use with people who uh, don't use Facebook for the private group check-ins. We go to email as the backup. Eventually, I'm going to have a private forum where we do these check-ins that won't require Facebook and that won't require require email. It'll be all centralized in a private place. But you are sending me your daily check-ins via email. Yeah. And you're making great progress. And what prompted this, this call are some of the recent insights and reflections that you've shared with me, like kind of like these aha moments and, and self-discoveries that are really the essence of what causes the permanent changes in, in habits and behaviors and mindset. So yes, as you know already, my let's just say my methods of exercise and fitness training are different in that you don't have to go beast mode. You don't have to go hardcore at the gym. You're not throwing kettlebells around. You're not doing all the painful, punishing, grueling stuff that fitness fanatics love to do as a badge of honor, or they feel that's what you're supposed to do, or the younger crowds like to do that stuff. We make this more realistic so that it's actually doable, whether you're at home, you're traveling, you're at the office, whatever. And then the eating part of it is more of a let's clean let's clean up your eating habits so that you're eating the way nature intended us to be eating, but not doing anything extreme or unrealistic or unsustainable. So, so you're doing that with me, but the real magic after those two important things are taken care of, the real magic is in the thought processes that take place as the days and the weeks progress. And so those breakthroughs you've been sharing with me are what I want to highlight because that's that's where other people can have their aha moments. It's like it's not oh what what exercise am I supposed to do or is is hit the best thing for me or oh I heard I'm supposed to do keto because my office mate said their neighbor is losing all kinds of weight doing keto. Well, when you start removing all that stuff and get down to the true basics that do work, then it becomes mindset and being able to make a mind shift where incorporating these things that are so doable and so effective into your natural routines that they become part of your life. And those are the things that you've shared in those recent emails that I want to highlight. So let's go back a few days. Uh, I'm actually going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to open one of the emails that triggered, um, that triggered some of this, and then we'll go from there. Uh, All right. So if I go back, let's see. Uh, All right. So here, here we go. You, uh, here's what you wrote. Though I may not be perfect in my dietary choices when I eat a sweet now, it is limited in, in portion size. So I am not denying myself satisfying my sweet tooth and yet not going overboard. I was far less cognizant before. That's huge right there. That sentence is huge. I, and I am definitely incorporating more vegetables with intention. So thank you for your support. All right. So like what you wrote there is so important that it needs to be highlighted and shared. Now, what I, want, I, what I would like for you to do is 
share how this compares to maybe what you've tried doing in the past. It sounds like you may have tried denying yourself in the past altogether to reach a goal, but having that backfire on you. So I'll let you expand on this a little more. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I, I can't say that I've been a, you know, a huge dieter or anything in the past or followed any, but I mean, I, I've, you know, I'm fairly active. Um, uh, when I was younger, I used to do a lot of dancing, um, medical school kind of interrupted that. Um, but my, I, I my eating habits were just kind of, when you work in the operating room, it's kind of, you right. eat when you can and you eat whatever is there. And it's not like you are planning ahead or making great choices necessarily. So you, you kind of want to go for something that tastes good and filling now. Um, and um, this, this, your approach makes a lot more sense to me because number one, it's sustainable. It's realistic. Um, and the thing that it's, that it's giving me is, um, is accountability. Uh, right now, I, so I worked in a very structured environment and then with retirement structure went away. Um, and, um, your approach is giving me some structure and accountability to you. But what the thing it's doing for me is making me realize that what I need to do is be accountable right. to myself. Um, and I think, I think those are two of the really important things that, that I've discovered, you know, through this process. It's nothing fancy. It's nothing that, you know, you try for a while, but you certainly couldn't do for the rest of your life. This is stuff you can definitely do for the rest of your life because you already know how to, to do it. It's just a matter of doing it. And so having to be accountable to you for this time period is teaching me better habits and allowing or teaching me how to be more accountable yeah, to myself. Awesome. Absolutely. Kind of answer the question? Absolutely. And we're going to, we're going to expand on that. Um, the self accountability thing, uh, a little more. That's, that's big. The, um, you mentioned incorporating more, more vegetables with it. Now, like, like, listen, like between, between you and I and the person <laughs> listening, this is not rocket yes. science. Like, who needs to hear right. again that you're supposed to eat more vegetables, right? But what's right. crazy is that how many people don't do it, right? And But that's where the magic is. There is no magic shake mix or a detox yeah. enema cleanse. It's eating your veggies and doing the consistent exercise. So tell me what you mean by, and this may be really simple, but I just want to hear it from you. What do you mean by eating more veggies with intention? <laughs> well, I'm thinking ahead about uh, what I'm going to eat and um, trying to intentionally incorporate a good salad into my day. Um, I'm also just cooking with more vegetables. I went and bought a spiralizer um, and I'm finding that I can make some really mm -hmm. good stuff um, that's very healthy based on vegetables and maybe adding a little bit of meat or yeah. protein to it, but that doesn't need to be mm -hmm. the primary um, nutrient in my right, in my diet. Right. Are, are you have you followed any of my uh, candid recipe videos, my cooking videos? <laughs> um, a little bit. I haven't. I have to say that I actually haven't tried too many of them, but I've been trying. I, I love reading recipes and trying nice. stuff. So I'm. I've. That's another thing. This has gotten me doing. It's yes. gotten me into the kitchen more, and I'm. Um, I'm. Awesome. You know, experimenting with 
the spiralizer and just creating more vegetable dishes and making the vegetable be the primary awesome. component. Feel free to video record yourself or get your get your boyfriend to record you <laughs> and be candid with it, like seriously, because at the end of the day, it's the person watching. Like, oh yeah, she's just she's about to cook. They're firing up the camera. There's nothing scripted. There's not there's nothing pre rehearsed. She's gonna cook. We're gonna see it, and we could do the same thing. That's how I do mine. So please feel free to yeah. share because you will you will positively impact somebody else's life by sharing what you just spoke about and how you do it. Cool. <laughs> All right. Yes. All right. I, well, think about that. I've I have had a few um, uh, run-ins with the spiralizer. That makes for good material. <laughs> um, it's pretty funny. Well, you know, what I have learned now, this is a very important thing about that particular piece of equipment. It's great for, um, you know, uh, using and some of the recipes are fantastic. Um, but I, you have to you have to have the vegetables basically in the shape of a log. That is the key component. I was trying to do the fat bulbous end of the butternut squash that has the seeds and stuff. Once I seeded it out, and there's no way to spiralize that end of it has to be log shaped. So that's the one thing I want to pass on to everybody. If you get a spiralizer, is to make sure that what you're trying to spiralize is basically log shaped, because otherwise it's yes. just really yeah, hard. Yeah, that's a great great <laughs> piece to add to the healthy kitchen. By the way, is a spiralizer. Yeah, I'm giving a few for awesome. Christmas. Actually, awesome. that's a great Christmas gift. I mean, look, if you want to give somebody health, give them the tools to 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 make health a priority in life spiralizer is one of them no joke but uh yeah actually uh, and i'll email you afterwards i'd love to see the one you're using and and the, the one you're getting as gifts i might do the same thing um update i bought one, mm -hmm. I bought one because sears ah, yes. is going out of business and um i spent 34 dollars, and it's a little electric one and it only accepts small okay. pieces of vegetable basically or relatively small um, so after buying that, I actually went to Amazon and read reviews and things. And, um, yeah, I'm currently using, a, I bought a, a different product now that I think is, is more. Nice. All right. I'll ask you for the link via email and I'll, I'll do some double checking and sure. maybe even test it out myself and then we'll share it with everybody. Sure. Um, all right. So <laughs> I've scrolled back for, to a few emails. Um, again, these are all for like, revelations that you've had that need to be highlighted because this is where the magic happens. For example, here you go. Also realizing each day is a new day. No reason to beat yourself up. If one day isn't quite as good as another, just get right back into the swing and do a better job of pre-planning for the next. So I will say to you, so well done because that right there is what causes a lot of people to quote unquote fall off the wagon. They have a bad day, they beat themselves yes. up, they throw in the towel, and then they let the next day get even worse. And before they know it, a few days turns into a few weeks, a few months, and for some people, a few years before things get so bad, they realize, oh, I need to try doing something again. So what what made you realize that? What? Well, I've, I've had a day or two where things have come up. Um, you know, I went out for drinks with a friend and... Um, then we ordered appetizers, and, and because we were doing that, I kind of felt like I was already off track. So there probably could have been things that I did during that experience. I mean, um, uh, maybe uh, changing what we ordered to something that was a little more healthy or whatever. Um, so that experience, um, and just there have been a couple days where um, 
I didn't get around to doing the exercise routine early enough and then it got late and it just, the day kind of got away from me. And, um, what I realized is instead of getting upset about that or feeling like, oh, well, I've, you know, blown everything, it's just a matter of, okay, so maybe today wasn't as good as the day before, but I can still start right back up and continue Mm -hmm. on this path, which is really the bottom line. Um, of basically trying to exercise more and eat more healthy mm-hmm. overall. There may be a day that you eat a donut. It doesn't mean the world has to fall apart. Right. And, this- and I, I think that's been the kind of the attitude. It's kind of be all mm-hmm. or nothing. And, I, and no, that's really you, not the case. You hit the nail on the head. Um, it, it's far from all or nothing. And I think lots of people have been led to believe that it has to be all or nothing. In reality, it can't be all or nothing. There has to, it has to be mostly positive actions, good intentions, you know, you're doing the right things, let's say the majority of the time, most of the time. Yes. And yes, if you're a drinker, you can have a few drinks here and there. If you like your desserts, you can have a dessert here and there. If you like your carbohydrates, you can have your, your traditional pizza or pasta or donut here and there. But when you do, it doesn't mean you've messed up the whole plan and the whole program and your life has to go to crap. Right. It's, you have, there has to be context. <laughs> okay, I've enjoyed myself. I had a treat. I've earned it. Uh, and, you know, I, tomorrow's a new day. We get, we get right back into it and I'm good, good to go. It doesn't mean tomorrow I, I fall off completely and we start the day at, at, at the fast food restaurant with the, the pancakes and the syrup and the butter and the bacon and the biscuits and you know, we just let everything go. Right. We're supposed to enjoy ourselves. So it's kind of like everybody has their own way of looking at this. But I look at this, some people call it like your cheat days or whatever. But I think that's an extreme mindset. Like there doesn't have to be cheat days. Mm-hmm. Like there doesn't have to be cheat anything. You just, you can enjoy this or that when you feel you've earned it and when it's appropriate. Right. So there are some people who love to have ice cream every night. Does it have to be a pint and a half? No. It can be a third of a pint, but the rest of the day, you've done the right things. You've had your vegetables with intention. You've had your very low, high-quality carbohydrates. You didn't have a lot. You didn't, you didn't have a 12-ounce porterhouse. You've had you know, three or four ounces of your protein at two or three meals. Um, you've done 90% of the right things and the other 10% can be treats. You can have things you like, you can enjoy that part of your nutrition. So my point is you're highlighting some of the most important things that make this lifestyle sustainable. When we go to complete deprivation of some of the things we enjoy in life and, and to taste and to eat and to drink, we set ourselves up for failure because it's unrealistic. That's not how we live in this modern day society. We have to enjoy certain things, but it's enjoying them. I don't even like to say moderation. It's just being strategic and being smart and, and logical about how and when you're enjoying those things and making sure the other 85, 80, 90% of the time you're, you're doing the right things. So well done. Well, I'm also finding that with time, it's easier for me to, to say no to something that I, you know, know is really not what I, that fit, doesn't fit with the plan. Um, or for instance, uh, last night, um, I 
only had about, I was, I've been looking at calories a little bit mm -hmm. just to try to get an idea of what my intake is. And I'm pretty sure that I'm eating fewer calories than I was before, or at least the calories I'm eating yes. have more nutritional content. Um, but so because I'm kind of trying to watch my calories for a few months here, I'm hoping to get beyond that at some point. Um, um, I had about uh, 300 calories left in my day and uh, my partner wanted to go out for Chinese food. So we went out and instead of ordering what I normally would order, I just sort of limited. And I right. was perfectly satisfied with, I mean, we were able to go, we were able to have a nice time and, um, you know, I didn't feel like I was depriving myself or right. denying you, myself. You of anything. just adjusted your um, choice, adjusted. right, in a mindful adjusted. way, and still enjoyed yep. the experience without deprivation, but without overdoing it and having to order all the big, heavy stuff that a meal like that could bring. Right. I think deprivation is not sustainable, and it also sets you up yes. for overindulging. Yes, it does. It's like that. Yes, the rebound is rebound. Uh, it's prevalent in the mass society of dieters out there. Like they'll go extreme. You know, Monday I'm going to start, or January first I start, and then you go three, four days, and they lose their minds, and they go, you know, you name it, wherever their favorite places are, they go, and they just they throw in the towel again. It's a it's a massive phenomena that needs to be fixed, and I'm trying to do my part here, as you know, right? So. Um, yes. <laughs> and, and the exercise part. Yeah. I mean, people, people see me and they'll say, Oh, you know, I wish I had your discipline or I wish I had your willpower. or I wish I had the time you have the time I have. I mean, I, <laughs> I <laughs> it's, it's crazy, but the truth <laughs> is strategically I've been able to create these types of exercise sessions that can be done sometimes if you press for time in 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah, the longer ones can take half hour, 40, 50 minutes. But there are days we're all going to miss. There are days that I miss, whether it's just the demands of life were, were stacked against me where I have to tend to them and, and exercise. There's just no time for it. And tomorrow's a new day. And that's when I'm going to make it happen first thing in the morning. Uh, but just because we miss a day or two for various life situations and circumstances doesn't mean we've failed and we're done and when we're not going to succeed it just means that day you eat a little better or you're more mindful of your choices or you do 10 minutes of stretching before bed as your physical activity and mind body connection maybe you didn't get the full 40 minutes sweat breaking toning session and strengthening session that you intended to do but that's okay so the fact that you've realized that missing a training session doesn't cause complete failure that tomorrow is a new day and you get to you get to reset your intentions and pre-plan your schedule that that's where success comes because we're talking about long-term consistency here so can you talk a little bit about your realization of that on the exercise part um well i think it's basically what you just said is that um First of all, I'm finding that the exercises that you give are really, mm -hmm. you know, quite doable. There mm -hmm. are a few that I <laughs> hate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one or two here and there that I just, I hate doing this particular one, but I'm doing it to the best of my ability. And what I'm waiting for is to feel like I'm actually getting stronger than I can do these mm -hmm. things full out, all of them. 
um, um, the day four exercise, uh, I do yoga with a, a friend here once a week. Um, and uh, it's funny that the day four exercises sometimes fall on the same day as the yoga. And it, it, mm-hmm. it's really a hard day for me. And I occasionally on those days I'll do the yoga, but I just won't get around to doing your exercises. And, um, uh, mainly I'm not beating myself up over that. I'm just right. continuing to do it the next day. And I'm noticing a little bit, I'm getting a little bit stronger. I've been able to up the, um, the core and the upper body uh, sessions to three times and uh, repeating those uh, each three times versus twice. Um, the one thing I'm waiting for is day four to get easier. I, I really kind of wonder if my quads are ever going to come around. I promise. <laughs> but I'm doing it to the best of my ability. Um, I've never been a big mm-hmm. uh, lunge squat kind of person. And it, it's really a difficult for me. I mean, I feel it, but, um, um, I, I think I'm making a little bit of progress and I can't wait to see what oh, happens yeah. if uh, I just stick with it a, a little bit We're still early days. We're, like I said, we're only six weeks in and things are already happening for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're going to be surprised actually at what happens with your lower body strength and, and flexibility, range of motion and, and the progress. Yeah. You're, you're on the can't right track. Wait. <laughs> well, and Joey, I have to tell you, I had before I we started this. Okay, I was doing uh, yoga and kung fu. Unfortunately, my kung fu teacher just moved to Las Vegas, but um, uh, so I was doing stuff. But I was finding, uh, feeling like mm-hmm. my quads were getting weak, and I was like, "Oh my god, do I have a neuromuscular disease? <laughs> you know what's wrong with me?" And I think I just haven't been using that targeted area of strength you know i haven't been strengthening that appropriately and um i really am weak and i'm looking forward to feeling stronger there because i think obviously those are the biggest muscles in your body and um that does a lot for you and that's strong and i want to be able to go i have uh, a three-level house i have to run up and down the stairs all day long um and that's not doing it for me. So hopefully this will make going up and down the stairs you touched on something really important there so (laughs) yoga Kung Fu, martial arts, they're both really, really good for us. They're demanding in their own way. But what you highlighted about not having adequate uh, muscle stimulation in the lower body, the quads specifically, um, it points to the fact that Mm -hmm. we need certain strengthening routines that that approach the body from a holistic Mm -hmm. perspective and strengthen all the muscle groups. So that anything that might be uh, uh, neglected or avoided with any other type of, of general activity or preferred um, pleasurable activity, you know, like whether it's yoga or mountain biking or Pilates or some type of martial art, like you mentioned, uh, we still have hundreds of muscles all over the body that need to be directly stimulated and trained so that we have balance in the body. So for you, and not everybody's like this. For other people, it's their back muscles. For other people, it's their gluteal muscles. For some people, it's their calves. For some people, it's their core that needs direct, specific, um, balanced stimulation and use to get the strengthening, um, to get the metabolic activity, to get the muscle density built up so that it can be strong in all aspects of life. So it's really neat that you're in tune with yourself enough to 
be aware of, of those things and those different types of activities and how they affect you physically. Uh, so well done on that. That's, um, that's going to help you, especially as the years progress, being in tune with that. Well, I, I like this program because I feel like, obviously, you're yes. you're an exercise physiologist, correct? So you have training, you know what you're teaching me to do, and you're doing it with thought and with a yep. plan to strengthen everything. And um, it's definitely highlighted where I'm weakest. You, and you know what's um, funny? Yeah, and I it makes me feel good because I feel like yeah, if I keep so doing this, I'm going to get stronger. Just give no me a flashback. What. Over the years, I've had so many different types of professionals from all walks come to me to help. Let's just say, let's just say strengthen their body for, for their line of work or, or their preferred uh, leisure activities. So I actually did have uh, a more mature, we'll say a mature yoga instructor back in the tri-state area when I was up there in New York. And she, she was a great instructor, had an awesome following, great reputation uh, but she came to me through one of our mutual private clients. And she said, so-and-so has been telling me so much about you. And, and I see how her strengthening of her body is making her yoga sessions with me more productive. And she said, now you can see I'm up there in age, but I'm not done teaching. I want to keep teaching, but I need my body to get stronger so that my yoga teaching and my yoga abilities can be better instead of going downhill. So we made this instructor a better, a better lifetime yoga instructor by strengthening her body for her craft. Make sense? So not to say that yes. yoga won't take somebody who's completely sedentary and get them a bit stronger to a certain point and more flexible. But at some point, the intent for yoga is not strengthening the body. It's for a bunch of other things. It's still great, but there's also a methodology that's in, embodied in my, my very simple training approach that strengthens the body for various types of activities and helps people be better at life and specifically at their craft in life, especially if it's a physical activity, such as being a yoga instructor, such as being a firefighter. Uh, or, you know, even corporate workers. That's how we're getting into this corporate wellness and, and workplace fitness thing is because people who run the human resources departments are realizing, hey, if our workforce is healthier and better shape with more energy and they have less back problems and they have more, more mental and physical strength, they're going to perform better at their job. It's going to make our company better. And there's going to be a domino effect from that. They're going to appreciate that we're giving them access to this kind of program that they can do anywhere and it's enjoyable and it's not killing them. And it makes us all better for all the things we want to do in life. So again, I appreciate you highlighting that. So here's, here's what I've got. You, you, you don't see me because we're not on video, but I'm scrolling back into some of the emails that you've shared with me in this, in these uh, coaching exchanges. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so one thing I highlighted that we really need to talk about here is this quote from you. But I feel but I feel my stomach is shrinking. IE, I feel fuller sooner. Now, I emailed you back to to tell you that that's huge for recognizing that and it's something we need to talk about more because well, here's here's what we'll do. I want you to expand on that. Like give me more insight into that. Where did that come from and and what does it mean to you? 
Um, well, I, I like to eat. <laughs> and I think I was sort of eating mindlessly and not really paying attention to feeling full. Um, and I was able to shove more in. I mean, just eat more volume. And I think I'm not sure what it is about this exactly, um, but um, I don't know if it's what I'm eating or how much I'm eating, but I'm not snacking as much. When I do go to sit down to a meal, uh, my portion sizes, mm, yes. are, I'm just feeling full quicker. Um, and I think I'm paying attention to that also. And um, uh, it's I'm not running around, even though I'm limiting my calories to about 1,200 calories or trying to shoot for around 1,200 calories a day. Um, and I, you know, who knows how exactly. exact that is because you're always estimating. Um, but um, I'm trying to do as good a job as I can of tracking that. Um, I'm not running around feeling hungry. And when I eat, I just feel like it takes a yes. smaller yes. portion well to done. fill me up. So a few, th a few really important things here. You are correct in feeling that your stomach is shrinking. It actually is. And some people say, well, that's impossible. You can't shrink your stomach. No, you can shrink your stomach, especially if you've been on a path of eating mindlessly, eating too much. Yeah, snacking. And Snacker. getting Major into this mode. Like so many people uh, use the hunger signal as a trigger to eat. Like, oh, I'm hungry. I got to eat. Right? And sometimes it's, it's unconscious. Like people have been taught to think. Yeah, I want something to taste good, right. so I'm just going to eat for taste. No, it's not. Which is not even so, eating for hunger. When we put the clamps on that and we stop reacting to that hunger trigger and we become more mindful of what we are eating and how much of it we are eating. So your um, calories is a great guide to help people tune into the volume and the types of foods they're eating. There's there's still a lot of gray area in regards to counting the calories of food versus the, the number of calories we believe we're burning off both through physical activity and, and basal metabolic rate. It, most of it's theoretical. But one thing is for sure, even, even on a theoretical level, people who are counting calories as we have them defined in all the calorie websites and, and guides today – and paying attention to that um, and, and what they're expending, there is plenty of merit in paying attention to what we believe are the numbers that we believe uh, are true in, in terms of kilocalories and calories, energy calories in, in food. Um, even, if it's, even if at the end of the day we have the equations wrong and our assumption and theory is wrong about how we're counting calories and how we're measuring them against what we burn off in a 24-hour period, the act of paying attention to some kind of measurement unit also tunes us into the types of foods we're choosing and the volumes of the foods that we're choosing. So whichever way you cut it, counting these calories mm – -hmm makes us more mindful in a way that is ultimately helpful to our end goals anyway. So my point is counting calories is good. It's not an absolute science, but it is a very good way to track and pay attention to what it is we are eating and how much in terms of volume of those foods and drinks that we are taking in. So that, go ahead. I was going to say, I have found that I, um, 
it's it's just so easy to not even think about it and add you know 500 calories to your day with a bite of this here and a bite of that there and and just right not right. basically so not even paying if attention. the number of calories in one of these random things is not 275 right maybe maybe it's 425 or maybe it's only 150 the thing is you know that there's some kind mm-hmm. of energy load in that thing that you might take a bite of or add into as an extra snack just because your mind is saying, oh, let's eat more, right? Like, no, you're mindful of the fact that there are <laughs> uh-huh. energy calories coming in that are going to have to get stored somewhere if they're not burned. And so you might say, you know what, I'm going to take control here and I'm not going to put that extra volume of unnecessary food or drink into my body at this point. So you've got, you've reached that level of mindfulness that really is the key. So Yes, your stomach is shrinking. When we start to become more mindful of how much and what we're putting into our bodies and what frequency we're doing it at, our stomach muscles, our stomach lining does shrink to accommodate the volumes we're putting in our body. That's how people's stomachs get bigger, and that's what makes them feel hungrier more often and to higher degrees. So what you're doing is actually shrinking your stomach so that you feel fuller sooner, just like you wrote in that email to me. It takes less to fill you up and you stay satisfied longer. So well done on uh, seeing that and bringing that into the, into the light here for us to share. It's really important. Yeah, sure. There, can I say one other thing mm-hmm. just to back up for a second about exercise? Um, um, I have a YMCA that's half a block away from me here and I go over there and I do some water aerobics from time to time and um, I've started doing that because I was trying to do some of the Zumba and some of those kind of things. And uh, although I enjoy those activities, um, w- when I do your stuff, um, I may be sore or I feel like I, you know, feel muscle fatigue and that kind of thing, but nothing is hurting. Um, when I go and do a Zumba class, my back is, bothers me. And, um, I just feel like I'm doing a lot better for myself doing this structured uh, strengthening yeah. stuff yeah, absolutely. Um, that I think so is more beneficial really to me that and less that. injurious. Um, no, no, this is really good. This is actually really yeah, good. So sorry to go backwards. This is but. something we're going to be talking about more on future podcasts, but I, I don't, I've bashed other exercise methods. I've gotten myself into big trouble, but I speak my mind. Like I'm, I'm, I'm no weekend certified trainer. Like I've got a bachelor's and a master's degree in exercise physiology. You know, we did, as you may remember, um, you remember doing gross anatomy for your in med school? All right. So for, for my for my for my bachelor's, we had to I do eight weeks do. straight of gross anatomy. Take apart the entire human body uh, from the outside all the way to the inside. Mm-hmm. That changed my whole perspective on what what this fitness stuff and this nutrition stuff and this mindset stuff means to us as individuals. When I speak against other methods out there, uh, part of it's emotional. Part of it is, but part of it is me wanting to help people. I want people to stay away from things that are likely to hurt them. Now, there are plenty of people that do Zumba and they do these uh, cross training type extreme programs and HIT training programs, and they can get away with it. Their body may be built in such a way that they can sustain the rigors uh, and the demands of those activities. But when we talk about the general population, the mass markets out there, most quote unquote, and I say this in a good way because I consider myself one of them, regular people can't do this hardcore, extreme, fast paced, high tempo stuff day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out. 
because it does lead to injuries. It, there's, you, can, you can look this up all day on the internet. All the proof is out there. So the point you raise about – and Zumba is great. Like, there are some people who have changed their lives with Zumba, but there are lots of people. Yeah. Most of the stories go unheard of because of the embarrassment that it brings that, oh, I've, I got hurt doing Zumba. Or whenever I do Zumba, my hips give out or my back bothers me for four days. And, you know, it's – well, that's the truth. And, and different, my methods aren't for everybody, whether it's psychological or, or people just don't like my methods because they're too strenuous for them, which is possible, believe it or not. I'm good with that. Like, go find something that is for you, uh, whether it's water aerobics or, you know, gentle Pilates fusion or something. But when I think something's not for most people, I speak about it. And I've... <laughs> I've gotten myself into trouble, but that's for another episode that we're going to talk about, about that thing. That was fun. Um, but, but you mentioned something important. As popular as something can be, Zumba is very popular with, with mostly middle-aged women. You know, Not all, but mostly. Uh, but the truth is, if it bothers you, if your knees feel like they ache every time you do it, or if your back bothers you, or if you get neck cramps, or whatever it might be, then just use that as a signal that that thing may not be for you. And maybe you have to try a different type of Zumba class or maybe try a different type of exercise modality that is more in line with your physical structure and the abilities of your, your unique body. So thank you for mentioning that. It's really important. Appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I just, I never feel like I'm hurting after, like I said, other than fatigue or, um, inability to do something. I, I feel like I'm getting stronger. I don't feel like I've ever done anything with the stuff that you, um, are teaching, uh, that's, that's hurt me. And I, you know, I, in your, po your other podcast that I listened to, I thought mm -hmm. it was very interesting what you talked about with momentum and joint injury and that kind of thing and how mm -hmm. momentum mm -hmm. at some point is mm -hmm. doing the work rather than the muscles taking the load. And, um, Again, that's how you cause more injury, and I just thought that was really oh, a really interesting yes. viewpoint. Uh, and I this, um, this thing about momentum is becoming one sense. of my claims to fame. <laughs> it's it is. So yeah. well, let's talk about it here real really quick, and then kind of insightful. Um, we'll we'll go toward wrapping up. Momentum Zumba uses momentum, whether people realize it or, uh, realize it or not. You're using fast body movements to go through a range of motion. That's momentum. Swinging kettlebells utilizes momentum to move that kettlebell. Once the body gets it moving, then momentum is also part of the equation. Uh, doing things like cross training, uh, fitness extreme stuff, like uh, I think CrossFit falls under that. Uh, uh, fast movements with the weights and the tires and the battle ropes, uh, hit training, a high intensity interval training. Uh, these things all incorporate and utilize momentum. And again, in short, the problem is when you're utilizing momentum to move an object through space, your body takes the brunt of having to slow down that thing in space, hopefully without injuring itself. The problem is there's, there's, the risk of injury increases greatly when momentum is being used to swing things through space uh, or to move weights or objects with as fast as possible muscle contraction. The joints and the muscles, the ligaments, the tendons have to absorb all that. And it usually leads to either acute injury or development of chronic uh, long-term injuries uh, that can eventually become 
an acute injury that something that builds slowly over time, all of a sudden my knee, you know, my ACL tears or my shoulder, my rotator cuff tears, or I pop, you know, uh, one of the muscle insertions off the bone happens a lot. And momentum is, is hugely responsible for a lot of that. And especially at middle age and beyond, we want to take momentum out of the equation. And when we take momentum out of the equation, we then rely on the muscles and the muscle fibers themselves to perform the movement, whatever that movement is that we're doing, whether we're moving our body in relation to gravity, or we're moving slowly moving a medicine ball from one point to another, or a resistance band, or a dumbbell, whatever it might be. Remove momentum, rely on the muscle. How's that? So, we're, yeah, we're going to be talking more about that because it's one yeah, of the, I like um, it. <laughs> you know, just like you realizing what we're doing here and what this difference difference is in regards to this, the controlled movements um, versus the fast movements, the fast paced movements. Um, there's also an element of mental activity that comes into play when you have to be more in tune with your body to control the movement and guide the movements and be more mindful of how slowly you're moving. There's a whole new level of uh, brain activity and neurological activity that has to be involved in changing that to that type of approach of exercise. And there's a cascade effect. Well, we're exercising the brain and now we're exercising the ne neurological system in a different kind of way that brings other benefits such as balance, such as mental acuity, uh, such as improved proprioception. Uh, so it, 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 transcends the notion of just the visual superficial aspect of fitness. And we really start getting into the deeper, call them invisible layers of what it means to improve the body and, and the functions of health. So again, well done on picking that up in, in the podcast. Speaking of past podcasts, um, you, you've been listening to, to some of the older episodes, which still have some <laughs> gems in there, like you just highlighted. Uh, are there other, any other gems that you've made note of that you, you want to highlight right now? Um, I think one of the biggest things, actually, um, is your notion of all the, the five pre's, but primarily for me, <clears throat> preparing and pre-planning. Um, I need to get better at that, like planning meals, planning my day, what the next day is, because I think that makes a huge difference. Um, if you think about what your goals are for the next day and what you want to eat <clears throat> and what you want to get accomplished exercise-wise ahead of time and put it into the plan, you're far more likely to get it done. So I think that's one of the other really yeah, key things. Good, good that, one right there. That, really um, important. You, Brought um, across to me. Lots of people get into life in a reactive mode instead of a pre-planning proactive mode to set their intentions, to set their routine, to put the things in place that they need to do to do and get get done. Uh, and they wait and, and see what life throws at them, and then they react to it. So pre-planning is huge. So simple, so subtle, but it makes all the difference in the world when you implement. Uh, so here's what we'll do. Um, knowing that you're listening I to agree. some of those podcasts, maybe you have a few more to go through. Um, and seeing that we still have a few months left in this, uh, this coaching track that you're on with me and some of the other people in the group, 
what we can do is revisit and, and come back for another follow-up episode in a few months and talk about the new revelations, your new progress, the goals you've reached from today until several months from now. And we can share with uh, our listeners some of those key takeaways and points that they may be able to benefit from and utilize in their life. Does that sound good? All right. Well, Leanne, uh, I'm going to bring our outro music in here. Uh, I thank you for being here. It's been a really excellent way to get this podcast started again after an eight-month layoff. So thank you so much for being here. All right. You're welcome. My pleasure. Uh, so you listening, this is Joey thank Atlas, you. the Fitness Whisperer, your trainer for life. If you are new in my world, let's just say this is the first podcast somebody shared with you and you never heard about me before. Well, congratulations for making it here. You're in a great place. Hopefully you'll stick around. If you want to see more of uh, the freebies that I have to share with you to get you started on your path, just go to thejoeyatlas.com. That's T-H-E-J-O-E-Y-A-T-L-A-S.com. I've got a bunch of freebies there for you to get started. Uh, you'll also find my social media links at the bottom of that site. You can come connect with me on Facebook, on Instagram. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel. You can subscribe to this very podcast so you never miss an episode. But start at the one place you need to go to, thejoeyatlas.com, T-H-E-J-O-E-Y-A-T-L-A-S.com. Sign up with me, connect with me, stay in the loop, and start changing your life for the better from this moment on. I've got more good stuff for you. If you're interested in some of the things we spoke about, such as the small group coaching or the one-on-one -on -one private consulting or the corporate fitness programs and, and workplace wellness programs that we're putting together with my sculpt to fit team, just reach out, connect with me. I'm happy to share more information about those programs with you. And until then, stay tuned for episode number 20. I'm aiming to get that done and out next week. And as always, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate you putting yourself first in life so that your health, your wellness, your longevity is at the top of your list and not at the bottom of your list because your life matters. And when your life matters, you take care of it. And when you take care of yourself, you're then able to be your best for everybody else in your life. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks again.